On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I sit down with my good, good friend and mentor and former boss, the one and only Steve the Hurricane. And it's such a great conversation. We have some phenomenal laughs, but also talk about some very practical things that you can do. You may even want to have a notepad and pencil for some of the things that we discuss in today's episode. And we really discuss how you can thrive both in life and business. So without further ado, let's begin. But first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Bonatotibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. All right. I am so, so excited. I have a very, very special guest with me today. And I could not be more grateful for this, uh, this opportunity to sit down with you because, you know, this is something I would not be here today if it was not for you. So I am just so grateful to have you. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome Steve the Hurricane. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's the, this is how I, 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 you know me, I've always done this anyway, but now with social distancing and not touching and stuff, it's now it's, now it's really definitely, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. So. Yeah, it is. It's going to be interesting, you know, as events go forward, you know, how things move forward, like will people handshake less and um, things of, of that sort. Um, but before we get into that, Give a little background, a little bit, and usually I let you, you know, the guests talk, but I feel because it's you that I feel like it's, uh, it's necessary for me to kind of explain the background here a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, this, this journey of me starting my business started with me joining your business. (laughs) So, you know, six years ago, oh, wow. Today, at the time of the recording, actually, I guess it was yesterday, was six years, would have been six years, June 2nd, at the time of the recording, um, was when I started, yeah, that's good timing, how about that, when I started at Hurricane Marketing Enterprises, just getting engulfed into the small business world, and seeing what it was like, and, you know, you you took the opportunity and, and just took me under your wing with so many things in investing in, in training and, um, you know, allowing me to focus on my strengths and, and build off of that, you know, to, to so much of the extent in, in seeing the world that, that the business that you were able to create. And, and I was uh, grateful to be along the journey and, and help, uh, you know, build what is now Hurricane Marketing Enterprises because, you know, it's crazy to see how much growth has happened since when I first began and we can get into we, that. We didn't even have this logo then we had the <laughs> one I made like, you know, basically on a, you know, a Nintendo, not a Nintendo 64, not a super, like a Nintendo, you know, <laughs> like eight bit graphic. <laughs> That's, that was the first hurricane logo that I made. And so, you know, that's how long ago it was. (laughs) Yes, it is wild. So real quick, uh, just tell us us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and who you serve. So I'm Steve the Hurricane. That's my professional name. It's a nickname that my old business partner in 2006 
gave me, and I kind of just took that name and ran with it. Uh, my, my real name is Steve Weiss. And yeah, I own Hurricane Marketing Enterprises. I'm one of the co-founders of the Institute for Dignity and Grace. And personally, I am happily married for 11 years going strong to my wife, Susan. I am the father of three children, Stephen, Sydney, and Sienna. And I am a minister serving full-time uh, at my church, Lutheran Church of the Good Shepherd, not too far down the road from here. So that's, that's who I am. Uh, in a nutshell. And who do I serve? I, with the business, we serve healthcare businesses first. And then we also now have a small business division where we focus on people who have uh, either just getting started or they are a solopreneur, as I like to call it, where they're the, only, they're the owner operator and they do everything in the business. And they're generating you know, in the five to six figure a year range. So, you know, we'll say like $80,000, $100,000, $120,000. We take, we have people who have businesses that are doing less than a million dollars and help them break over into the seven figure mark and beyond. That's who we focus on. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll put some links because, you know, the success system, the small business success system is something that <clears throat> I use every day. You know, it's a big part of, um, you know, the, the things that are taught in there, um, that I've watched, uh, again, and I've watched more of your stuff than anyone. I think that's safe. That's a safe bet to say, yes. um, <laughs> it's going to be tough for, for somebody to, to, to beat that. Uh, it's going to take some time before somebody gets there, but you know, that's been so, uh, such a big part of my development is, you know, because how do you learn something repetition, you know? And so, through your teachings, I've been privileged through doing the video and being at the you know presentations for six years and and just hearing it over and over and over again that you know I've been able to quickly implement the things that are in that program and and many more things um, that I've learned along the way into my business, which has helped me you know achieve the results that that you know I've been able to you know acquire. Um, so again, more, more gratitude to you, um, and what you've been able to do, um, for me and specifically to, you know, putting me on the stage, this is turning into a uh, me praising you, which is, I think, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we'll get into some good stuff here, you know, specifically with, uh, you know, the small business success system and, and how you've been able to acquire, um, you know, the knowledge and, and make all these things happen. What do you think is a, a you know, a core foundation of what's been able to, to build multiple divisions and, um, you know, habits or things that you've incorporated into your daily routines that's allowed you to continue to succeed, you know, year after year. So it's interesting that you mentioned that and, and, you know, thank you for everything and, and for having me on here. And, you know, a big part of my success is the, the people on the team and we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for you when you were working here as well. So, you know, we're very grateful to you as well. Um, but to your, your question that you're asking there, I'll go in a different direction. Every, a lot of people learn things from classes. They learn it from college. They learn it from courses and this and that. I have always been, a big fan of history. And so, you know, especially with what's happening now and taking a look at what's going on in America and not, it's not tying it together, but just, you know, when you look at history, if you don't learn from your history, good and bad, 
you're doomed to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. And so I just, I learn from my own history, trial and error. I, I learn from other successful people. I mean, you look at uh, what just happened this past weekend, right? There's this SpaceX, you know, the, the first time in the history of the world, a private company launched people into outer space. Like, <laughs> first time that's ever happened. Well, a lot of people don't realize that Elon Musk, the, the owner of SpaceX, he started that company almost 20 years ago. And he did all of these, these, these tests to prove that he can do rocket launches for far less money and make money than what NASA is doing on it. He went through three trials. He almost went bankrupt. And the fourth trial was a successful one. This is, this is like 10 years ago now, but because I read this recently and he said that a lot of people don't realize that fourth trial was the last trial. <laughs> He's like, if we did it, it was boom or bust because he was going to get rid of the company because he was losing so much money. But you know, you have to learn from your mistakes. You have to evolve. So you have to study history. I like to look at history in general, but I really like to look at business history, successful people's history. What were the things that they did during difficult economies? What were these difficult decisions that they made? How did they come become successful? Look at match that to my company and what I'm doing and how I can emulate and do the same thing. You know, it was Matt Morris who said, why invent ordinary when you can copy genius? If somebody else already has something that's a genius success path, I'm going to follow that and versus trying to figure it out myself. Yeah, that's exactly it. And how important it is to have, you know, mentors that you're watching and, and seeing, you know, what they're doing and how they've been able to you know, develop and, and surround yourself with those people. And it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that you know, you know, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to call you a mentor and be able to learn from you, but also being able to learn from other people, you know, like the, the Tony Robbins of the world and the Brenda Bouchards and, and those types of influencers. Has there been anyone particularly that, that you've had in your life, either from a celebrity standpoint or personally that has been a huge influence in your like mentorship? So I, I'd say some of the, like the, the bigger people that you just mentioned, same thing here. Like Brendan Bouchard was the person who it was his video. And I don't even know if it's on YouTube anymore. It was called the, uh, the 10 essentials. And I watched that video because one of my, I told my buddy one night I went out to, uh, friendlies ice cream parlor for dinner with my friends and and, they, and our families and i was telling my buddy that, that about hurricane marketing enterprises and what i wanted to do being an expert consultant and he goes you got to watch this video the 10 essentials brendan bouchard you're going to love it and i watched the video i'm like whoa this is amazing and, and so after watching it you know roughhousing with the kids i put the kids to bed say good night i come back with a notebook and a pen and then i really watched the video and made a whole bunch of notes and then the very next day i walked in and quit my job because I'm like, I'm going to start this business. So, you know, Brendan Bouchard is somebody who's definitely one of the most influential. Just like you mentioned before we got on the call, like recording it was uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. He's another one. His book, Why Now is the Time to Crush It. Absolutely love it. Great book. Plus the fact that, you know, football and, and he's into wine. I'm like, he's my kind of dude. I, I would totally hang out and just chill with Gary V. Um, people in my life that I, that I definitely look to who are mentors would be like my pastor. Uh, he keeps me grounded in my faith. My faith is really what helps me with everything. I'm having a bad day. I'm going through a challenge or an obstacle. I can, this is what I love about scripture in the Bible. 
chances are somebody's already gone through what I'm going through. It may not be, you know, it took place thousands of years ago, but the situation is the same. And how did they get through it? And I'm going to read that up. Boop. I'm going to do that too, you know? And so that kind of keeps me grounded and focused and moving forward. I love that you mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, mentioned Gary V because that particular book you gave to me to read, I gave it back to you, but that okay. was the, <laughs> that was the, <laughs> That was the first book that got me started because, um, you know, and, and I think I read that back in 2016 or 2017 um, when I first read that. And that, you know, still to this day is such an influence and such an impact. I mean, you, what you've been able to do through what he teaches in that. And, you know, I've taken the same thing and, you know, I'm teaching very similar things that he teaches in that book to another scale. But, you know, it's still... Uh, from what he does and and how he influences people you know he is he's definitely one of a kind you know still you know being able to develop uh, people like he is and the massive companies that he's been able to create he's one of those people where I stopped listening to what he says because he's the motivation I don't need as much anymore but I did need it um, you know at certain times but just watching how he strategically builds his business, where he's spending his time, you know, what is he doing strategically from a marketing standpoint? That's so um, interesting. Now you mentioned, uh, you mentioned crush it and you know, that's obviously a, a big influence. Are there any other books that have been very influential, you know, for you and your, you know, development, like maybe a book that you reference or talk to a lot, you know, talk about a lot. I reference all the time, The Little Red Book of Selling by Jeffrey Gittimer. And it's a fantastic book because he, he talks about, and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's sales 101, but the one thing that I've learned over the years, and this is the reason why I created the success system, and you know this too, most people, when they start a business, unless they go and buy like a franchise where you have the model already, but for most people, they come into a business that they're passionate about, that they know how to do whatever it is that they offer. So if it's a restaurant, they already know how to cook. If, they, if it's an accounting service, they are an accountant. If it's a, a chiropractor, they are a chiropractor. Like they know the business, but what they lack is the sales skills. And that book goes like, I think it's basic 101, but for somebody who doesn't know anything about sales, it's amazing. And if you do know sales, it affirms and gives affirmation to all the things that you've been taught and helps you see it in a different perspective. So it's great for the beginner who, or the, the novice, and it's great for somebody who knows a lot about sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. And obviously selling is one of those things that's just so essential to any business. You know, when people start businesses that are about their passion, it's great. Well, but still at the end of the day, you need to be able to, you know, incorporate sales and learn, you know, that skill set. And, you know, that's something obviously, um, for people that know you, you know, sales is something that you, uh, thrive in and have thrived on, um, for many years through all your, you know, past experiences, past sales jobs. And obviously I know all of them, but I know that you know, sales has been a big, big part. Do you want to talk a little bit about kind of your, your sales experience from, from what you've been able to accomplish over the years? So I've been very blessed that my parents were both salespeople and entrepreneurs. So I 
I, I, I remember when I was a child, five, six years old, going to my father's dairy. He owned a dairy at one point and, and, and just seeing how the business ran behind the scenes and, and not understanding then what I now understand what was taking place and how he ran things. And my mother was uh, the head of a weight loss diet clinic and she was the director there and she had all these sales and promotions. So the entrepreneurial fire and, 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 and spirit flows through my veins. So that's where I got it from initially. And so I, I'd say my very first time I ever really started selling was in high school when I was selling blow pops illegally on the bus. And I was like, I'm at Costco or, or Sam's Club with my dad. And I see a box of 100 blow pops for like $5.99. I'm like, wait a second, $5.99 for 100? I could sell these for a quarter a piece and make $25. That's, that's, that's $19 a box profit. I'm going to get five boxes. And then I, and then I just went, I just went and started selling it. And next thing you know, I'm making all this money. I'm making a hundred dollars a week. $80 was my expense. So I'm making 80 bucks for myself as a 14 year old kid. And then things just went from there. And I had my landscaping business when I was uh, in high school, I called it neighborhood kids. And I started by putting out flyers and, 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 and talking to customers. People would call and be like, Hi, I'm, or no, I'd like to get a, a appointment to talk about getting my lawn done. Oh, all right, I'll be over there. Are you home now? Yes, I'll be there in an hour. Great. Show up at the house, ring the doorbell, and they're like, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 14. And they're like, all right, but you know, is there someone else? I mean, and I was like, well, the company is called Neighborhood Kids Landscaping. I'm a neighborhood kid. <laughs> like, it was funny. So, you know, I've always had that. And then professionally, I sold knives when I was in college. Uh, I went into the dairy business and then I crossed over into healthcare, which was just a perfect blend. When I was in uh, college and even all the prior experience before the knives, that was direct to consumer business, the B to C. So we have an end user and I'm trying to sell to that person. When I worked at the dairy and when I worked at Care Choice, it was a blend. But when I worked at the dairy, that was my first time doing business to business sales. So I wasn't talking to a consumer. I was talking to a, a restaurant, a, a supermarket, a convenience store who was going to sell a whole bunch of stuff, but they needed milk products to also sell. And so I sold them milk. And so that skill set was a very big advantage when I went into healthcare because then it became a two part sale. I had to sell to people to get them to give me referrals. That's the business, the business, the B2B. And then I had to get the referrals to convert, which is the B to C. And so it was a two-part sale. It was a perfect blend of both of those. So that's, that's my background and experience over the last, say, 20, 25 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so much, you know, to learn. And, and you pick up so many things along the way, too. And you mentioned, you know, sales being one of your primary skills. Do you, what would you say is like another one of your top, um, you know, skill sets that's helped you to be able to you know build what you've been able to create hands down no question it's public speaking the the ability to speak when you when you look at all the surveys that they have taken they have there have been countless studies on this the majority of the older adults not older the majority of adults like 18 and older would rather die than public speak like, like you ask people, what's their number one fear? Public speaking is the number one fear of adults. Getting on stage and speaking in front of an audience is the number one fear. And and for me, how did I overcome it? I mean, I, I, kindergarten. I was I was Frosty the Snowman and Frosty the Snowman. You know, I was I did, I did a play at church about the life of Christ, and I was Jesus. 
So, you know, when you, when you, when you get these roles acting as a child, you're used to being in the spotlight. And then they kind of just transitioned it over when I was an adult. I always chose the opportunity to speak or to present or to do some kind of presentation. I had a video camera back in the 90s when a lot of people didn't have video cameras. I made movies. I have videos of my friends and I that I made these stupid movies. I we did The Matrix. It was, it was horrible. It's horrible. But it's so funny to watch now, but that's, I got used to it. And then when I was in healthcare, I started doing lunch and learn in services. And I'm going to networking events and I'm running activities and I'm coordinating things where I had to be in front of people. So by the time I started Hurricane Marketing Enterprises and I'm putting video content out online, I was used to being on a stage. So speaking on a camera came naturally to me. So that was easy. People would watch the videos and then they're like, you know, I got to plan a conference your videos are amazing. Would you like to speak at our conference? And I'm like, yes, I would like to speak at your conference. And so that's how I've been able to uh, get on so many stages. And you know, now I just got, I have the presence now, but, it, but this is not something I, I, I will say that, yes, it's God given talent. I was born with it, but that was like this much of it. The rest of it was, was a skill set, just like an ax that was sharpened and honed time and time and time again. Yeah. And it's just like anything else, you know, when I talk about with, with video or anything that you're doing, it just takes time to continue to, to do it. If you want to get better at something, you just need to do it. If you want to get better at public speaking, you just need to do it. And there's, you know, a lot of opportunities for you, you know, video is obviously easier speaking right now is, you know, a lot more difficult to do. Um, but you know, given the opportunity, you know, what are you going to do with it for, for me, I was given the opportunity first from from you and being able to to speak and and find a passion for it almost immediately. You know, I'll, I'll never forget walking off that stage in Philadelphia and being like, "Yep, this is what I'm supposed to do. This feels great." Um, you know, and not everyone necessarily has that, but you know, it just goes to the repetition of if you know, some people, they may have a more natural, it just means you got to work harder. You know, it's just like anything else. If there's something that, that you have a weakness in, you know, how can you work harder to get better? How can you learn? What can you do to improve it? Do it more, you know? So I think that's such a, you know, an awesome part. And, you know, I've watched your speaking get better, which I think says a lot, even in itself over the years and how you really hone it. There's so much more that goes on behind the scenes of like what it takes, you know, when you get into like the NLP and all, and all of that, that goes into it and getting that training, which again, you, you know, sent me to, and, and I guess that's a good, a good transition point in investing in your people. Um, and, and I'm sure you've heard the quote before where it's like, you need to invest in your people. The quote is like, what if, what if they like, what if they leave? It's like, well, what if you keep them or something, something of that, you know where I'm going. Cause in this case, right. obviously you invested in me. Um, and then, you know, I left. So I, you know, I kind of would love to hear your perspective kind of, you know, on that and, and how important it is to, you know, develop yourself as well as, you know, develop your team. 
So you asked like a couple of questions there and you go into a couple of things. So the first thing I'll say is when you, when it came to speaking with you and you speaking the first time, and there's a word that I've learned recently I'll share with you. I voluntold you, you were going to do that. Right. So <laughs> it's like, Nick is going to speak and, and you're like, Oh, I am. And I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> so, but I knew you had it in you and I knew that you knew the content and you do well with it. And so that's why I gave you that push when I voluntold you to do that. But, um, and it, it was the best decision. As far as investing in training goes, you know, first investing in training in your staff. A lot of business owners out there don't realize what their most valuable assets are. The most valuable assets in your organization are you and your team. And, and when you think about, when you look at it, and, and I say assets, because a lot of people look at staff as a liability because it's, it, you know, at the end of the day, like from a, from a, a financial accounting perspective, yes, the salaries that you pay your workers usually are the largest single expense liability in the organization. But I don't view my staff or my coaches or anybody who works for me as a uh, liability. I view them as an asset. And I see that the better trained my staff are, the more efficient they're going to be. So if normally, you know, with you, Nick, is a great example. You know, when, when I had you doing things at the beginning, you could only do so much in 40 hours. Now, 40 hours is all that I have. So if I give you some things to do and you don't know how to do it and I say, figure it out, you have to figure it out. And, and, and you figure it out and take a system. How do you figure out and, and make a system? It takes time to do that. On the flip side, it costs me a little bit of money, sometimes a lot of money, but it costs me money to invest in the training, which gets you up to speed faster. So instead of you taking weeks and months to figure something out, you can learn it in a weekend or two and then now add it. And instead of taking you 40 hours to do what I need you to do, you can get it done in 20, which means I can now give you 20 other hours of things to do and continue to evolve and continue to grow. So every time I've invested in my staff, my return on investment, yeah, I might spend $10,000 to invest in some training, but that training generates a half a million dollars, $800,000 more in revenue than what we've done prior to. So I don't know anybody listening to this who wouldn't trade $10,000 for $800,000. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. You, you got to do it. You have to invest in your people. And then to the second part yourself, well, yeah, like you have to evolve. You have to get better. The business, especially now, I mean, you and I are speaking towards the tail end of the lockdown scenario. You know, you're in Pennsylvania. I'm in New Jersey. Our, we were hard hit states. New Jersey's ridiculous, right? It's like, there's a reason why I can't get my hair cut, right? It's still not open. I had to evolve. I had to adapt. We had to do crazy things. And maybe we'll get into that in a little bit, but the reason why I was able to adapt and do so much is because I train myself regularly. I train myself physically. I train myself mentally through what I read. I train myself spiritually. I train myself emotionally. I mean, it's all aspects, even financial. Like I thought about buying a new car. My lease is up in two months. And I was like, is there a deal to get a new car now? because of this lockout, you know, is Lincoln looking to make a new deal or something? And then it gave me some numbers and they're like, so you want to come down and get this car? And I'm like, nope. Whereas the old me would have been like, yeah, let's go do it. You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to wait this out. I might not even stay with Lincoln. Who knows? Whatever. We'll figure it out when the time comes. I'm looking at the Jaguar. So who knows? But 
We'll see. I do like that Lincoln though, mainly just because the back massager. That's that's my. Uh, <laughs> that's what I like most. Your own choice. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so critical, you know, in how you invest in yourself, and then also like you mentioned, where you're working on both your mind, working on your body, and how you're developing those skills. And so, what are some of your daily habits, morning routines, and things that you do? to enhance your mind, enhance your body? Like what, how does your kind of morning start to get that going? So my morning routine usually starts about four to five hours before I actually begin work. Now, you know, I have the beauty of owning a company. I am not a morning person at all. So I usually don't start my work day until 10 o'clock sometimes 11 o'clock in the morning. So my, my, my daily routine begins around seven, sometimes 6.30 in the morning, something like that. But it starts off immediately for me with the spiritual. And what do I mean by spiritual? I know Nick, you and I, you and I I'm, I'm a minister, right? So, so for me, I, I study scripture, I say a prayer, but, but it comes from a place of appreciation. And I know Nick, you're a big fan of that. So when I wake up in the morning, it's like, thank you, Lord, I woke up today. You know, thank you, Lord. My wife woke up and she's downstairs and then we have a beautiful dog and I heard him get up this morning too. And, and my kids are, are, are here and I'm grateful. I have a roof over my head. I have money in the bank. There's food in my refrigerator. I have everything that I actually really need and so, so, so much more. And so I'm grateful for that. And then for me, I turn to scriptures and, and I read and I study and I meditate for about 15, 20 minutes. And then now I'm up. Then I go and I spend some time with my wife and my children. The reason why I spend so much time with my wife and my children is because that, they're the people that matter the most to me. I didn't marry my wife. So I can be like, all right, well, I got married. Well, now I'm going to do something else. No, I love her. She's my other half, right? You know, scriptural, the two become one flesh. Well, it's more than just sexual and that it's, it's, it's emotional. It's, it's, it's spiritually like the two become one. We are a couple. We are the, she is the yin to my yang, you know, black, white, whatever you want to call it. We are together a union. So I spend time with her. I spend time with my children. Our love, our union made them they are so important to me and I hear their voices and I see their faces and I give them hugs and kisses. That gets me going. Then I have something to eat. I, I'm pretty healthy and, and fit and lean. I actually lost like 12 pounds since the last time I saw you. Um, just, just, you know, getting summer cut up. I want some hurricane tanks too. They're awesome. But, um, <laughs> they look so good. I was like, yes, now I can work out branded. But, um, my, uh, I, I, I eat something healthy and then I go and I work out and I get the exercise. I have almost all but completely given up coffee. Coffee, I feel, gets me overstimulated and then I lose track of what I'm trying to do and I speak too fast or I rush through things or I'm just not feeling well. And the loss of the coffee, I thought would impact me. Instead, it, it positively impacted me and made a huge significant impact on how I'm able to function and process and do things. And so by the time I do all that, that's like three, four hours. Then by the time I actually begin work and I'm in the customer service business and, and, and coaching and, and, and uh, uh, consulting. So because of that, I have to serve other people, but everything that is important to me above all else has been satisfied is taken care of, I know it's good, I feel it's good, I see it's good. I can focus on my clients now, I can focus on the, I can focus on any challenge, any problem that comes its way, 
and they come their way, but I can handle it and get through it because what really matters at the end of the day is satisfied. Yeah. It's so important again. Yeah. How you start your day and, you know, getting those important things set first, because I know some people, man, they wake up and they just immediately start their day and it's just, it's no way to do it. I like having a long, you know, like you said, couple hours where I'm up doing things before I even, you know, get started. And you mentioned, you know, you know, appreciation, huge one, you know, showing that gratitude, you know, realizing what you have. It's such an important thing. It's, I think every single guest I've had on the show has mentioned that. And it's so awesome. And I love to continue to mention it because if you're not practicing gratitude by now and you listen to this show, like, what are you doing? (laughs) And so, and then like going into like, you know, the fitness aspect and, and, you know, being able to, and how that incorporates into just how you feel. I know, you know, you and I have talked about fitness so much over the years and how much that plays such an important role into, you know, how we're, how we're thriving, how we're being our best self into the fitness aspect. Now, you know, you've got a pretty unique fitness journey. So that's kind of a, you know, uh, you know, I'd love to kind of hear, you know, I've obviously heard the story a few times, but you know, your fitness journey, you don't have to go into like super detail, but obviously you haven't always looked like this. Nope. I was a fatty. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, without getting into too much detail, I just, I was a fat kid. And once I got to like senior year of high school, I just said, you know, I'm playing football. And, and that's what started it where I was, I was now starting on the football team. And, and the coach asked me to do offense and defense. So I knew I was going to play the whole time of a game. And I didn't want to go into it and suck wind. So I got in really good shape. And then I started falling in love with it that summer of my junior year going into senior year. But um, I kind of yo-yoed for a little bit. And it wasn't until I had some really bad episodes with IBS after my appendix had burst in 2009 and that's when I started to really take a look at what I put into my body and shifted my focus of not just eating for taste like like don't get me wrong I eat things that taste delicious and I I eat you know and I like junk like anybody else my favorite cheat is M&Ms if you've had those new brownie M&Ms oh my goodness amazing they somehow put brownies in M&Ms like Everybody needs to go get a pack of those. 11 M&Ms is one serving, 20 grams of sugar. <laughs> like six so not officially of sponsored by M&Ms. Who <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing? But, but like, you know, so you hear, I'm, I'm real, right? I love that. I love scotch. I love whiskey, right? So, so I'm, I'm a dude. You know, a cigar, a cigar with some whiskey on my back porch under my new gazebo I put up. That's like my life. So, so. I could throw down and eat garbage like everybody else. But what happens when you do that is you don't feel good. And when you don't feel good, it's really hard to concentrate. It's hard to be spiritual. It's hard to get a lot of things done. You don't have the energy that you want to have. And I don't like that. So, you know, what I really learned to do is just make sure that I eat, you know, I keep my fiber up. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. I eat a lot of lean proteins. I eat a lot of fish and shrimp and scallops and, and just balance it out. And over the years, I, I mean, you know, now that now that I'm, I'm at a certain socioeconomic level, I can afford to do more now than I was able to do back when I first started. Now I have a nutritionist. I have a, a coach that helps me with my fitness and everything else. So th- that keeps me optimal. 
but you don't have to have all of that to, to make smart decisions. You know, save your, your, your poor eating one meal a week and the rest of it, eat sensible. And you know, if you want a piece of candy, have a piece of candy. You want some ice cream, have a scoop of ice cream, not a half gallon of ice cream, you know? That's, that's how you do it. And, it. and it just, when you put good in, you get good out. Yeah, 100%. You know, the balance and having that, like you, like you talked about in, with food and you know, you can have all the bad food you want. I'll never forget one person asked me, they were like, do you even eat pizza? I was like, I love pizza. What do you mean? Yes. Like just because I'm like in shape doesn't mean that I don't eat bad food. I just eat good food most of the time so that if it is Friday night and I want to get some pizza, I can eat as much as I want and not feel guilty about it. But if you're, you know, eating poorly throughout the whole week, I mean, you're going to feel poor throughout the whole week. And I love that you mentioned you know, the balance and I've talked about this with some other guests too, but I think it's so interesting from not necessarily a balance on from a food standpoint, and obviously that's an important part that you mentioned, but how have you uh, dealt with balancing, you know, work and life over the years? You know, even when you were, um, you know, in the healthcare industry, when you were doing that before, and I know there was a lot of work in that when you were like building your family and how much was going involved in that to then being an entrepreneur and starting to grow your business while you're growing your family because your kids were young, you know, and they're still pretty young too. But, you know, how have you been able to kind of have that, you know, work-life balance? Is there even such a thing as work-life balance in your opinion? There totally is a such thing as work-life balance. And it, it, it evolves as you age. Like that's the, the takeaway. So when I was in my 20s and I was working at characters, I was 24 when I first got started. So I didn't have, and I was like at the tail end of my marriage. Like I literally went through a divorce and everything and, and that was hard, but we didn't have kids. It was just the two of us. I went out on my own. I had my own place. It was just me. And that was the easiest time to dive into work. So I worked and I worked out. And I, I was in, so people who are single and you have no other responsibilities for another person other than yourself, that's what I mean by other responsibilities, you can create work-life balance the way that you want. What I did then was I kind of incorporated work into my personal life. So I like to do fitness. I liked to go out with my friends. I'm a social butterfly. My, my, my guy friends, we would go out and we would go to bars and, and clubs and I like to dance with all the, all the hotties and you know have fun. Like I was a 26-year-old man, 25-year-old man. I, I like to have fun with my friends. And so I took my work, which was sales and marketing and developing relationships, and I viewed my work as practice. So that when I would go out with my friends on Friday and Saturday and, 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 you know, go dancing and having fun and stuff, that was, that was game day, you know? So I kind of incorporated. So I was like, well, the skills I'm learning here, I'm going to apply when I'm kicking it to that lady uh, at the bar, you know, like, <laughs> it was, it was, it was a good time. Right? I was, I was a good salesman and I was great on game day. So <laughs> we had a lot of fun. So that was a single Steve. And then once I got, you know, in a relationship and I got married and my priorities personally changed, but again, this is work-life balance, right? So my priorities changed. So I changed my work-life balance. I started to focus on how can I spend more time with my wife? How can I spend more time with my family and get my work done as efficiently as possible in as little time. And that's what led me to investing in training and honing my skill set so that, you know, 
when I'm not traveling for business, like, and you know this, Nick, I, I work like 25, 30 hours a week. And, 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 and you know, as, as I grew my company and, you know, you came on in the company at a very interesting time. I wasn't quite financially there, but I, we needed the help. So, you know, I'm forever grateful that you came in and, you know, I underpaid you for a little bit um, until we had money coming in. But, you know, you develop people. And, and, and that's the other aspect of it. So the people who are listening to this, who are a little bit older, who are more like where I am now, you know, you have to look at your business and be like, well, what can I, what is, what are the things in my business that really only I can do as the owner? Because there's, there are some things that only the owners can do, but they're not as much as a lot of us think. We like, we, many business owners I've learned over the years, have way too big egos and think that they are the end all be all. And if it wasn't for me and it's like, screw that, check yourself at the door, humble yourself. All right. I'm awesome. I started this company. You know how I know I'm awesome because I'm Steve the hurricane. All right. So I already know I'm awesome. I don't, I don't need to tell myself I'm all, I already am awesome, but my staff is awesome. And so, and, and they're awesome. And I hire awesome people and I treat them as they're awesome because they are. So, so, you know, I build, I spend most of my time building and supporting them so that they can run things without me. And then that gives me the freedom so that I can be home. I can go to the circus or go on the, you know, I, 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 I booked my trip on Monday. I booked my, my, about the whole month of August. I'm going to be down in Clearwater, Florida. Like I go every single year and it's going to be fantastic and amazing. And, and, and we're going to do hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in sales in that month too. Well, I already know it because, because, because I trust my team. I've developed them. So, you know, the first year, year and a half. Yeah. I worked like, like 80 hours or more a week. No doubt. Not going to lie. I had to figure out the systems, figure out the way. But as I got more people, I started delegating the people who are better than I am at certain tasks and just let them run with it. While I focus on these items that only I can do best than anybody else. And that's how I got to where I am today. A hundred percent. And I've seen that and I've started to do that in my business early on. Um, and it's been extremely helpful. Also, side note, I'm glad you're, you're doing the trip. I know you were debating on um, doing that, but not doing it for the first time in a while with everything going on. So I'm glad to hear that. Um, as it was the mastermind seem- clients. I said, I talked to him last week or two weeks ago. I said, where do you want to go for our mastermind? Do you want to have a mastermind meeting between now and September? And they're all like, yes. And I said, when? They said, how about August? And I said, all right, where do you want to go? And they said, go to Clearwater. We want to go to Clearwater. I'm like, dude, you guys are, you guys are amazing. Love you guys. Yes, we're going to Clearwater. So Awesome. Yeah, and that fact you have a mastermind is so cool. It's something that I hope to develop and have my own mastermind at some point and be a part of more um, masterminds. I think it's such a, uh, an interesting aspect. You know, if you go to the whole, uh, you know, think and grow rich, it's such a huge part of that book that with, when you think of the title of, you know, which I do think it's not a great title because, um, it's just, I think, I mean, it it makes sense. Like the title, I think it turns some people away because of the title, because I think the book itself is more about like, how you think is where are you looking for it in your office? You have yeah, anything? I was like, is it over there? It's either there or it's in my home office. I think it's in my home office, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, what you think about 
is what you're going to be able to achieve. Well, what I love about Think and Grow Rich is Napoleon Hill doesn't just talk about rich as in money. He talks about rich as in happiness because you can't put a dollar amount on happiness. Some of the, some of the monetarily richest people in the world and some of the monetarily richest people that I personally know and associate with are some of the most miserable, unfulfilled, just darkest souls I've ever met in my life. And not to say that they sold their soul for money. I mean, that, that's very cliche, but I feel that a lot of people who, who get money because they think money is going to make them happy, realize real fast that money isn't everything. Money doesn't buy happiness. Now, is it, if you have money, absolutely. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about clothes. You don't have to worry about, you don't worry about anything if you have money. So, so, so there's definitely, you know, having financial wealth is very important, but you know, if you want to be rich as Napoleon Hill discuss, it's a lot more than just money you know, family, if that's important to you for like, you just heard me talk about my, 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 my family, how I, my, my work-life balance, I've evolved it over what my priorities in life were. Well, that's because happiness is my ultimate goal. When I spend time with my wife and my kids, I'm happier than when I do anything else. So that's where I'm going to want to be. So how can I have more of that? If my business is successful, if it runs without me, if it does this and that, whatever, I can spend more time with them because all of the needs that come from having this happiness family are met from everything else. So it, it, it is a balance. It's not easy, but it, it, that book is fantastic. And yeah, masterminding is a whole chapter in that book. Yeah, I remember when I was reading um, Crush It with Gary Vee and they were talking about he was talking about uh, thinking real rich at one point mentions it. And then I started a Tony Robbins book and he started talking about, it. I was like, all right, I need to stop reading all books right now and pick up thinking grow rich because I, the first two books I started reading both mentioned it. It's almost like a requirement for entrepreneurship. If you haven't read it, that is an absolute must. And one thing you mentioned, you were talking about happiness and how much that's, you know, part of uh, you know, what drives you, you know, that's what we all seek. And, you know, I guess to, and you mentioned success. So how, uh, in your words, do you define success? My definition of success is fulfillment. Whatever fulfills you and gives you purpose is success because so many people have no idea what their purpose is. So many people are unfulfilled and you know, back to the, to, to the money point, right? So, you know, I do well, I am not going to hide it, but I am no billionaire or I don't have a yacht or anything. You know I mean? You've been, I live in a townhouse. I live in a very expensive area. So a townhouse is the price of a house in most areas where I live. But, but I, but I, but I am very successful and I've met people who have so much more who are miserable and they come to me to find success. So I truly feel that happiness and fulfillment is the definition of success. If you're, if you're happy and you are completely fulfilled, then you're successful because, because you have what everyone is searching for. 
exactly it. That's how I've always defined success is just consistently being happy, you know, and having that. Was there a certain point where you were like, I'm successful? Was there something that happened in your life where you realized and you're like, I'm successful? There were definitely different moments in life. Like, I mean, when I first got my, when I got my M3 back in 2011, when I picked that car up, that was like a, yeah, I'm successful. Uh, when my son was born, and when, you know, I got to cut the umbilical cord and, you know, the doctor was talking about how healthy the umbilical cord was. And then we, we did the cord blood where, you know, they can save the cord blood. So God forbid he has like a brain injury or something later in life. They can use his, his own cord blood from when he was an embryo to help re repair nerve damage. It's amazing what they can do. Um, and, 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 the, and the sample people call us up to say, we got like 2 billion cells where normally we get like 1 million. And these are like some of the strongest cells we've ever seen. I was like, wow, like my son is like healthy. He's a healthy boy. He's a healthy child. I'm so proud. You know, and then the same thing with my girls when they were born. And so like those, my, 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 my aha, I'm successful moments have been many, times uh first time i preached and everybody showed up all my friends and my family showed up and, and and people who i knew from other walks of life who i hadn't seen in years were like steve's preaching i always said i'd come to you if you preach and they all came and that was a moment that i felt successful and you know so the only one that truly was like a monetary success that i mentioned was the m3 the others were all personal milestones that i achieved in life that that led to the happiness. And so that's, that's why that's my definition of success. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And those are some cool, cool moments. You know, I never heard that story with the umbilical cord. Um, and you know, what they do with like stem cells is, is right. That's, I think that's what it is. It's like stem that's cells. Yeah. Um, absolutely crazy. So, you know, to shift, uh, to shift this a little bit, um, you know, a lot of things are going on in the world right now and in, in the world of shifting, and, you know, and how we're able to transition and pivot with things that are going on. And so I would love to kind of hear, because you mentioned before we, before we uh, you know, started that, that there's been good things going on in the business because of shifts that you've made. Um, so I'd love to kind of talk a little bit about how important it is to be able to shift and like, and pivot and you know, kind of how you've gone about doing that um, to, to get the success that, you know, you're seeing now during not great times. So you, I'm glad you brought this up because like these last two months have been uh, our core value at Hurricane Marketing Enterprise. We have 10 core values. Core value number 10 is personal growth. And I was telling the team this this past Monday at our meeting that that's the core value of the week. We've used it like three times during this whole 10, 12 weeks now of this pandemic. And it's because we are growing at an alarming rate. Like 2020 started out as what was going to be our best year ever. March and April came and basically it was almost like, well, it's not going to be our best year ever. And yet we found a way during April to say, you know what, 2020 still might just be our best year yet. Now it's June and I know 2020 is going to be our best year yet because of what we've went through and what we've learned during this time. Uh, and, and there's two words that come to mind. It's agility and flexibility. Flexibility, when you think about it physically, it's your, you, know, it, you can be flexible. Agility means you can move with flexibility, right? So they kind of go hand in hand. You have to be nimble 
in business. You have to be agile in business. You have to be willing to adapt. You have to, you know, keep your core principles, keep your core foundations, keep your core values because that's your governing systems. That, that's like, that's like the skeleton of your body, right? And that is your business. But everything else, the skin, the flesh, the meat, the muscles, everything on the business, except for the skeleton, it can be changed, can be altered. And so when this first started to happen, you know, here we are, we had our, our boot camp. A boot camp is a live in-person event. It was our largest one we ever had set up. We had so much potential. We know the revenue we were going to generate from that boot camp. And it didn't happen because of the pandemic and you could, all events or mass gatherings were happening were getting canceled left and right. We, we did the right thing. We canceled it. But with that came a huge hole that we had prepared for. I had about $40,000 in debt. You know, we launched a new product that never launched. So that was $15,000 right there. All of the expenses associated with the bootcamp. I like to prepay expenses. I don't like to have expenses. I like to get money and it's mine not get money and be like, all right, well now I got to pay all this other people back. So I prepaid. So everything I laid out was just lost. And I said, well, how are we going to do this? So the first thing I did, so if you want to take people who are listening, if you have a notebook and a pen, you know, first thing you got to do is observe. I did not want to jump into anything right away. I wanted to just kind of see what was happening. You know, this is the reason why my, even my accountant was saying to me, he's like, you're going to be fine getting through this because, because, because we're very financially responsible. So we have a lot of money coming in, but we don't blow all the money that we have. We, 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 we watch that account. I, I watch that account daily. You know what I mean? So I, I was very good on top of my finances. So I was like, I'm going to just wait and hold out. That's the first thing I'm going to do. The second thing I'm going to do in almost simultaneously with waiting and holding out before doing something new was don't worry about new business, but let's focus on the business we have and just love on our clients. We went through the biggest love I've ever seen us do as a company. I restarted all of my classes that I do with a special spin on how to market during a lockdown. So everything I train people, how do you do it during a lockdown? I had 70 to 100 of our clients on every class that I taught. That, that, that never happened. So, so we, gave, and we gave it to everybody. I don't care. You're a client. As long as you're staying a client, you're not canceling or suspending, you're going to get all this stuff. And they're like, great. And so the vast majority stayed with us during this downtime. And then as I'm teaching them how to do all this stuff during a lockdown, and this is where, you know, number three, rely on what you know. This is not a time to experiment too, too much and rock the boat too much. Go with your core gut. That's the third thing. So I know my skeleton, the program that I created still works. How can I get the outer parts around the skeleton to be modified during a lockdown? Well, I also know what it's like to market during a lockdown from the H1N1 pandemic 10 years ago, because I was physically marketing then. So I knew what I did then, still applying the system, and then I trained my clients for it. As a result, I was able to, number four, gather statistics. So I was able to gather statistics and find out what my clients were doing, how their businesses were doing, and, and, and 
by the grace of God and the flexibility and agility and knowing what I know and everything that I just said, those four steps, when I gathered those statistics, every one of our clients either maintained business as usual or grew during the worst economic period since the Great Depression. That's powerful. At a time where like 25% of businesses literally closed up shop and went out of business, our clients maintained or grew. That's outstanding. And then I learned through Home Care Pulse what the industry is doing. 72% of the industry was going down, whereas 95% of our clients were increasing. And so then again, going back to what I said before, stay with what you know, Let's make a webinar. So I put together a webinar. And then uh, number five, now that you've, you, you've taken your time, you, you didn't jump into it, you've got your research, you've loved on your clients, you, know, you got all, everything that is, those four things. Now, take advantage of the moment and do what you can with what you just, with all those first four parts, take, now is your time to strike. So you gotta be very calculated. I guess be calculated and take a calculated risk. So I put together a webinar. Everybody in the country, and I, you look on so I'm, I'm, I'm all about, I spend the majority of my, most people, and you notice, Nick, most of our staff members, they, 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 they get social media, but they don't understand the social media the way I do. That's one of my gifts, is reading people and seeing, getting the pulse of an industry, getting the pulse of the people, and understanding what the masses are thinking. And so I saw this as an opportunity. It was the beginning of May when I was going to do this webinar. And I was like, it's been about six weeks or so of lockdown. And everyone's talking about when are we going to reopen? When are we going to reopen? And the economy is so bad and this is happening or whatever. That's what, this, is what the, this is what's going on in the world. And so I ended up saying, you know what? I'm going to make a webinar with a patriotic theme of Rebound America. And that was the title of my webinar, you know, marketing during a lockdown, rebound America. And, for, and I put all these pictures of an eagle and the flag and the, and the constitution and everything else. And, and when I did that webinar, it was, the timing of it was flawless. And that leads you to the number six thing you got to do is lucky bounces. You know, when you do those five things I just mentioned before, those five things will allow for the sixth thing, which is just luck favors the prepared, luck is going to be in your favor because you're ready for it. So the timing was perfect. That webinar, we had almost 600 businesses on this webinar. And then knowing what I know best, I had a lot of taking a look at my inventory. I'm a coaching business. I have coaches. My coaches went from having full schedules to like part-time schedules, but I'm still paying them full time. So I said, well, I don't want, I'm not going to lay anybody off. I've committed to them. I'm not going to lay them off. I just did. I didn't believe in that. And then I didn't take a PPP loan either. I didn't get one of those. I swore I wasn't going to do that. It, it, we don't need it. We're going to get through it. So I was confident, maybe seven confidence, be confident and you will survive. And this too shall pass as they say. Right? So I sat down, looked at my coaches, their, their schedules weren't that full. So I said, here's what I'm going to do normally when people call us, if they just want a strategy session or a coaching session, they got to pay for it. And it's $250 we charge for that session. So I said, since I have half of my, all, all of my coaches are working part-time, but I'm still paying them. Why don't you all do coaching sessions? And we came, we did a brainstorm meeting leading up to it. 
which I'll say is maybe number eight, talk to your people and get the consensus of what we can do together, get team camaraderie going. So they came up with all these great packages and great products and things that we can offer for our clients. And so with this webinar, I said, and I looked at what the government's doing. The government is giving out stimulus and they're giving out this and they're giving out that. Let me get in this too. I'm going to give away $50,000 worth of our services. And so I, get, I literally gave away $50,000 worth of our coaching services to the first 200 people who contacted us for a strategy session. So we didn't just give it to everybody. You had to contact us. But during that webinar, we had like 300 people out of the 600 owners who said, I want that. Yes, give it to me. And so we haven't even completed all 200 of them at this point. We completed like, two, like 110. But out of the 110, and we, and we serve. Like that was the key. I told my coach, I said, serve, love, love on these, these people because they need it. And those who wish to do more with us will. And those that don't, won't, and whatever. And as a result, we've converted like 60% of them into clients. And May 2020 was our best year in business, best month ever in the history of our company without having a, a, a boot camp. The best month with no travel, no speaking commitments or anything, May of 2020. It's, it's, it, and as a result of that, history, repeat what works, learn, adapt, agile, flexibility. We have now laid out an entire course for the rest of this year where we're just going to continue to build upon what we started four or five weeks ago. It's absolutely incredible. It's amazing to see it unfold before my eyes and the execution, but it took all seven, eight of those things that I just discussed. And no, I don't remember the order I said those in, but you, you have this and you can write this down, friends. <laughs> yes. Take notes. One of the ones that it's funny because I started thinking about it and then you said it as number eight, which I thought was so awesome. And that is basically you, you said confidence and then you even mentioned this um, and this is how I define confidence, but it's basically what you said is confidence that you'll be able to figure things out. That's what I believe confidence is, is believing in your ability to figure things out. Would you, would you agree with that statement? Amen. And I'll take confidence as like another word, courage. And, and what does it take to be courageous? Being courageous in a time of everything is great and hunky-dory, that's not courage. You know, that, that, that's easy to be confident when things are great. It's, it's doing right and, and succeeding and thriving in the face of adversity. That is courageous. That is confidence in itself. So when, when you're being tested and you push forward and you go through it, that's courageous. That's confidence. So awesome. So many powerful, you know, things, you know, I hope people were taking notes. Um, there's just so much. Is there anything, um, anything to kind of wrap up or things that, that you just want to share that you think is important for, um, you know, any business owner to know? So I, 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 two points, right? Number one is belief. Um, you know, for me, it's belief in, in God, it's belief in Jesus as my savior. 
Um, and, and, th and then from that is belief in myself and belief in my team and the people that I've hired and, the, and the, the vendors that I work with that we can overcome anything. So number one is because you got to believe. And then number two, and that's, that's our ninth core value. And then, and then number two is, is our very first core value is walk in the path of righteousness, right? It, it's integrity. If you put in, no matter what happens, if you did the right thing, God, the universe, the spirit, the source, it's going to take care of you because you're, you're on the place of right. If you always do the right thing and if you have true integrity, you're going to attract customers. You're going to, you're going to make it through because you're doing it for the right reasons. So walk in integrity and believe that you can do it and you'll be fine. Awesome. Love it. And lastly, um, what, what's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you, follow you? Where, where would someone go to learn more about um, how you can help them? Uh, I'd say, you know, social media, if you go Facebook, LinkedIn, if you look up Steve the Hurricane, you'll find me. I'm, I'm always on there daily. I, I study, I interact. I'm very involved in those two social media. Platforms. I'm on Instagram too, but just look up Steve the Hurricane. You can't miss me. You can't miss this. All right. You'll, you'll see that everywhere. And, and, you know, stay with your branding. I didn't get into branding. Maybe I'll have to come back in a, in a year or so and we'll talk about branding because I'm pretty good at that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure you'll, you'll definitely be on for part two. I can guarantee that. So thank you so much for your time, Steve. This was, this was awesome. It was truly a, a privilege and an honor to, to have you on the show. And, and uh, you know, again, I can't thank you enough for, for what you've been able to do for me and supported me during, during you know, my journey. Um, not just as an employee, but also in the transition into my own business. So, um, you know, special thanks to you for, for all of that. You're very welcome, brother. I love you, man. Love you too. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, let's keep growing together. Wait, wait, one more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J Bonnie, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care. And I'll talk to you soon.